Well, good morning and welcome to your DIY Health Radio here on the Spreaker Radio Network. And I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is October or Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. And this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Then visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's lots of information about that. There's uh, downloadable flyers and brochures. There's uh, a link to a YouTube playlist that has over 140 videos talking about the technology, how it's used, and testimonials from people all over the world that have had fantastic, life-changing results using these things. And then... There's also a link to the dedicated website for the device that has more information, more testimonials, and the Order Now button. One thing to keep in mind, if you hit the Order Now button, just follow the prompts. Don't get in a big rush. Um, and there's also directions on, my, on the website before you get to that that tells you what to do. And the two main things that are key is you'll come to a page that has Amount and Remarks. You put 380 in the amount box for each device you want, you know, 380 for one, 760 for two, and so on and so forth. And uh, as you select the one, the amount you want, it will give you the total to put in that box. And then secondly, in the remarks box, you put your name. Apparently, na uh, remarks is Malaysian for name. <laughs> That's best I can figure. Why they didn't just put name there, I don't know. But... Um, Again, this is a Malaysian company, and they do things a little bit differently there. And uh, I, can't, I don't have any control over that. So basically, put your name in the remarks box, and you'll be good to go. That helps us compare or match the orders with the funds that are coming in. And uh, once that happens, everything will go smoothly. And uh, within two to three days, you should have your wand in your hands, and life will get gooder from there. So... While you're on the main website, be sure and hit the radio shows tab. At the top of the page is the link to the archive page set up through the Castbox uh, through Castbox.fm, and then right below that is the Rumble button. We're on Rumble now. Every show that we've done in the month of October is archived on Rumble from October 2nd till the two shows that I'm doing today will be up there, and. Um, of course, not yet, but once they're done, it'll be about an hour and a half after the show ends until uh, the time that, the show, that it's available on Rumble. We encourage you to check it out and, um, you know, follow us and hit the like buttons and all that good stuff. That way the shows will get more uh, exposure, more people have a chance to see them, and uh, they'll get the word will get out even more about how you can restore your health naturally using science-based clinically verified medical nutrition and terahertz frequencies. And also, especially the Thursday shows with Mike Gaddy and his fantastic true history uh, that very few people know. You can tell that because so many people still think Abraham Lincoln was a good president when he was actually a rotten SOB. Um, 
but we have the proof of that. Regardless of what anybody thinks, the proof is there. So anyway, we're trying to get that information spread far and wide. And uh, if you hadn't heard anything like that before, I invite you to tune into any of the Thursday shows and you will learn the real truth in history that you didn't get from the coach in high school. Trust me. All righty then. Um, if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information in the shows we do when they're on and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook, um, Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. So um, that's it for the website. Uh, just keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the uh, Spreaker, um, Free Conference Call, any of the other platforms that we're hosted on, uh, or any of the um, alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, um, also, thanks to Free Conference Call, we have a dial-in number uh, for questions during the live shows. So if you happen to be listening on Spreaker, per se, uh, where you can only listen, you can dial 937-518-9005. Again, 937-518-9005. And that works for the live shows only. It is not an information line that you can call any time. It's only active during the live shows. And the second I shut down free conference call, the number goes away. So keep that in mind. If you're listening on one of the other platforms in a live setting uh, between 10 to noon on uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday, and Thursday, and 1 to 3 p.m., and this is the Eastern Times, uh, Monday through Thursday. Um, did I say that? Uh, 10 to noon is Tuesday and Thursday mornings, Eastern, and uh, mo Monday through Thursday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. That's the only time this live number works, and again, it's 937 518-9005. All right. Let's get into things today. More stuff going on on the vaccines, the jabs. They're not vaccines. Uh, scientists say that Pfizer intentionally deceived regulators about COVID-19 injection contamination. That's one more thing. You know, if they've got the proof of that, then that's one more reason or thing that will allow the corporate veil to be broken and they'll be able to be sued. And hopefully we'll get to that point. Um, but pharmaceutical giant Pfizer knew that its COVID-19 injections were contaminated with a virus and took steps to intentionally obscure this fact from regulators, according to the founder and chief scientific officer of medical genomics, Kevin McKernan. When the company's vaccine sequence is annotated, uh, the presence of DNA from a virus known as simian virus 40 or SV40 can clearly be seen. And simian, for those that don't know, that's the uh, alleged virus that supposedly causes cancer and has been found in numerous vaccines for years. It just keeps showing up for some reason. And then you wonder why we have all these kids in cancer hospitals? Hmm... 
I wonder. Anyway, McKernan and his research team did not set out to find contamination in the vaccines. Instead, they discovered it accidentally while using RNA from the vaccine as a control in an effort to test RNA purification in another project they were carrying out. They had assumed the RNA in the jab was a functional pharmaceutical-grade variety and were surprised to find that the addition, uh, that addition to the mRNA, the Pfizer shots, had DNA plasmids. He explained to Children's Health Defense that this plasmid DNA has no place in an mRNA vaccine. That could be why the company did not include the annotation of SV40 DNA in the data that it supplied to regulators, nor did it disclose the presence of the virus. While this is a major concern on its own, it also raises questions about what else the company hid from regulators and how any company can get away with deceiving regulators to this extent in the first place. Well, I can tell you. Those regulators are getting paid big money from the companies to keep their mouth shut and look the other way. Bingo. <laughs> That's how business is done in Big Pharma and Big Harma. He believes that Pfizer later tried to get rid of the plasma DNA using an enzyme to break it down, and it failed to fully eliminate it. Predictably, the claim of SV40 contamination in the vaccine has been subject to politically motivated fact checks in the mainstream media. However, Health Canada has confirmed the presence of the DNA in the vaccine. They also confirmed that Pfizer failed to disclose this contamination in its submission to regulators there as required by law. Obviously, Pfizer didn't pay off the Health Canada guys. Hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Or they didn't pay him enough, one or the other. Anyway, the Food and Drug Administration, or the Federal Death Administration, which it really should be called, has not taken a position on the matter. I wonder why. Because of the revolving door between the drug companies and the FDA, probably. And only gave a generic response to a reporter who required about this, saying that they were confident in the quality, safety, and effectiveness of these bioweapons. McKernan believes that Pfizer was playing some games, as usual, when the tools it used to measure RNA and DNA in the labs, opting for a tool that was not capable of identifying the small pieces of plasma DNA. Moreover, annotations that appear in software when analyzing the vaccine did not appear in Pfizer's regulatory submission which means that someone at, with the company deleted them, likely in an attempt to deceive regulators, he said. Why is SV40 contamination so problematic? According to McKernan, more data is needed to understand the risk of SV40, but the main concern is that it poses a cancer risk because it could integrate with, human, with the human genome. He said there are many reasons to think its presence is problematic, stating, so all of that is a train wreck. If you're putting, two, putting in 200 billion of these molecules per shot and you're doing them five times a year, I don't know, about how, I don't know how many times people are taking them, but if you think of your schedule, you should be past your fifth by now. Mm -mm -mm. 
So there's a cumulative dosing here. There's a higher number of these fragments in there. Or a high number, excuse me. Moreover, although there have been only a small amount of this DNA in the, in the jabs overall, the fact that it is scattered means it has a higher potential to integrate because there are so many active ends of DNA. McKernan believes that governments should remove the vaccine from the market until this matter can be integrated for investigated further. I think they should be removed from the market, period. And the companies that produced them should be hauled into court for crimes against humanity. And all of the regulators that turned their eye or blind eye to it should go right along with them. Mm-mm-mm. War, famine, financial collapse, every engineered crisis is a cover story for a larger globalist crime or power grab. And that's what I'm thinking is, you know, I haven't really looked real closely at the stuff going on in the Middle East or the uh, rumblings in Ukraine and Russia, but you can bet that these things are distractions or just part of a bigger program designed to further enslave the people of the world. Every crisis currently being engineered is designed to cover up a larger crime or power grab being committed against humanity by the globalist elite. It takes many years of experience in studying and exposing globalist deception in order to see this pattern. The really big picture analyst who see this, see this clear as day include Alex Jones, Steve Quayle, David Icke, Paul Craig Roberts, and myself. And let's see who myself is. That would be Mike Adams, among others. Each of us has been covering this for 20-plus years. In that time, we've seen the same playbook repeated again and again. Engineered crisis, emotional manipulation, reaction, globalist end goal. Yep, problem, reaction, solution is basically it, the Hegelian dialectic. 9-11 was an engineered event. It was designed to manipulate the American people into supporting a war on terror, which unleashed a surveillance state that has been illegally deployed against the American people to this day. 9-11, much like October 7th, Israel, was a planned stand-down event to achieve a heinous crime or act of terrorism against our own nation, so that the government and military could justify onerous actions they wanted to take all along. The Oklahoma City bombing was another such event. Note that a daycare center in the targeted building produced stories of blown-up babies, which echoed exactly what, they were, what we're hearing today regarding Israel and Hamas. Anytime babies are mentioned, you should strongly suspect emotional manipulation and falsely engineered events. The current fiction being pushed uh, by pro-Israel sources is that Hamas cooked, up, cooked an Israel baby in an oven. This is supposed to provoke an outrage among the very American, or same Americans and Israelis who openly condone butchering babies in the womb. Exactly, I was going to bring that up, by the way, in case you were keeping track. Yeah, that's the, that's the interesting thing. You know, here in Ohio, on a week from today, they're going to be voting on a constitutional amendment, Issue 1, that would allow abortion. There's really no limit. 
it doesn't say when you can you know not have it and uh it basically prohibits parents from being involved in the uh, choices of their minor children so if you have a uh if this passes and if you live in ohio and a 12 year old girl gets pregnant and decides to want to have an abortion she can have one without ever telling her parents and giving them a say in the situation. Imagine that. And she could have it right up to the day of delivery because there's no specified termination date uh, when you can't go beyond that and that kind of thing. And, of course, the people pushing it are using the very basic things the health of the mother and in case of incest or rape which is crazy so basically they're you know it's a you know legalized murder right up to the day of delivery and um, that's supposed to be the solution to what is currently an outright ban and that's the way they're they're pushing with a very narrow thing, like I said, of the health of the mother, which is almost never a situation that come that really comes up. That's just something they use as an argument. And you know, and most of the times when that happens, it's because of the you know incredible stupidity of the medical community, as opposed to a real problem. And then, of course, you have the case of incest or rape, and again just because it's incest or rape does not justify murder period you know you can punish punish the perpetrator but don't punish the baby that's totally innocent in this situation but anyway that's what's going on a week from today here in ohio and it'll probably pass because there there's far more advertising in favor of it than there is opposed to it because of course planned parenthood or aka murder incorporated um, and that goes back and forth between the cia and planned parenthood they both have the same uh, uh, side moniker i guess you could call it but um, they've got billions and billions of dollars to dump into this because if it uh, if it doesn't pass they're going to lose billions of dollars here in ohio and they're talking about a, an alleged 10 year old that was raped and had to go to another state for an abortion and I have yet to see any proof that that really happened. But that's one of the things they allege in there. And they've got some guy named Steve from Bexley, which is about uh, 15 minutes from me. And he's acting like he's, you know, I was brought up in Christian household and all this stuff. But I think my daughter, if she was uh, attacked and all that kind of thing, and she had a, you know, was pregnant, uh, you know, she'd want i'd want to have her have an abortion so in other words you're you're a christian that claims that murder's okay that's why you know, that's how you boil it down scary stuff you know people just don't think these things through the problem you know and that's that's a you know people are products of the public indoctrination center where they produce good little worker bees not people that can think critically and as a result we have a dumbed down public that will just buy any line of crap that they see on tv Ugh, oh man anyway 
the end goal of the Oklahoma City situation was to achieve nationwide gun confiscation. This came shortly after the assault weapon ban was passed by Congress and signed into law in 1994. That law expired in 2004. AR-15 sales have exploded ever since, and now anyone arguing that citizens don't need firearms to defend themselves is rightly seen as an obvious idiot, especially after October 7th. Yeah, it's absolute insanity. Today, the powers that be need a financial collapse to obscure their decades-long financial crimes of printing currency, looting the American people's bank accounts and pensions, and manipulating financial markets to keep themselves enriched while the working masses remain enslaved in a cycle of poverty. If not for all the currency counterfeiting operations, most Americans would be quite well off being able to reap the rewards of their own labor without the burden of inflation tied around their necks. But, if a financial collapse can be blamed on Russia or China or Iran, then the criminals who carried out this mass theft can point their fingers at a scapegoat and get away with the entire thing yet again. A nation of consumers who can't do basic math will be none the wiser. Covering up vaccine jab, death jabs, and invoking domestic terrorism to position your government as your savior. Gee, what do you know? Similarly, these same power-hungry globalists run, globalist run elitists need a military draft and large war casualties to cover up their vaccine death jabs. Or vaccine jab deaths, excuse me. There's nothing like war to obscure the shocking number of young Americans who are dropping dead from injecting bioweapons. That's why war in the Middle East is a certainty. The globalist elite need a mass casualty event to obscure the vaccine bioweapon fatalities so that sharp statisticians like Ed Dowd and his partners can't find any more signals in all the death noise. And there's a little video here. Let's see what this is about. Uh, uh, Mike Dowd and Ed, uh, Ed Dowd, Mike Adams, discussing catastrophic. All right, welcome, folks. Mike Adams here, the founder of Brighton.com, and we are joined once again today by Mr. Ed Dowd, who has done, I think, the very best research. Well, he and his team into excess mortality and the disabilities that are happening among people following the vaccine mandates that were, you know, kind of worldwide almost and he's got new information he's got a great book that is relatively new called cause unknown we'll tell you how to get that book but ed dowd joins us today to give us more details about his latest findings uh, mr dowd it's an honor to have you on thank you for joining me thanks mike good to be here and uh yeah look this is, we're in the middle of a fraud and a cover-up so you know we continue to uh do the work as you know imagine this on wall street enron's a fraud you know it but it's still uh, uh, not really well known. That's where we are in, in, in the case of this fraud. It's there's a, the greatest asymmetric information gap in my lifetime, yes. meaning, you know, 10 to 15 percent of us know what exactly is going on, the damage that's been done, how deadly these vaccines are. And the rest of the population is uh, oblivious. And, 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 you know, the good news is the booster uptake seems to, to have gone way down because enough people have enough discernment to know I'm not taking something that doesn't work. I can't be bothered. But there are still those who continue to get it at the recommendations of their uh, 
willfully or just ignorant, uh, willfully ignorant or just ignorant doctors and, and, and the health authorities around the globe. So the goal by in writing this book was to make people aware of the fact that something very odd has happened in 21 and 22. And it's 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 so odd that the numbers don't lie. And my theory of the case, it's the vaccines. I haven't heard anybody come up with anything remotely reasonable to explain what's going on with excess mortality and disabilities, especially amongst younger uh, folks and um, working and especially the employed folks. And the punchline is this. I say this in the book. It's been detrimental to your health to be employed in 2021 and 2022. And the new you know, we, we, we went to Senator Johnson's uh, roundtable a couple of weeks ago and I talked about disability data. Uh, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics does a survey every month, just, and that's also the people who give you the employment numbers every month, the non-farm payroll number that CNBC and all these uh, economic uh, clowns talk about. And they also ask questions about disabilities, and uh, you know, they ask, are you uh, disabled and not able to work, or is anyone in your household disabled? And what we found, uh, starting around February of 2021, and really starting to accelerate in May of 21, there was a, a tremendous rate of change in disabilities across the board, so much so that the absolute numbers were this. It was 30 to 33, uh, 30, 29 to 30 million for the prior four to five years prior to COVID, who go up and down, up and down, up and down, kind of in, in a flat line. And then starting around uh, February through May, it took off. And we noticed a rate of change, year-over-year year rate of change, three standard deviation uh, prior to history, which only happens 0.03% of the time. So mm-hmm. something was going on uh, in our country, and, and this can be you know extrapolated across the globe because we're using U.S. data, uh, where disabilities took off. And as of uh, the high was in September of 2022, a couple months ago, it was 33.2 million, so an additional 3.2 million people. Uh, if you're conservative, it could be 4.2 if you use 29 as the start. Uh, became disabled in a very short period of time. And, uh, uh, you know, a, st- a three sigma, that's a three standard deviation event. That's uh, three sigma in my world. That only happens 0.03% of the time. Those of us on Wall Street, you know, when we see these events, something's changed. And usually it's a signal to investigate, especially if it's a stock and uh, d- do some work. And if it's uh, a new trend, you buy the trend because something's changed. And usually when I was on Wall Street, you know, I would I would buy a little bit first just to get on board and then start doing the work and uh, know- knowing that something's changed. And well, this is not a stock. This is the health of our country. And when I went to see Senator Johnson, I basically told him that uh, when we break down the disability data since uh, February, or May of 2021, the employed uh, amongst us, which is about 100 million of the 340 we got in the country, uh, experienced a rate of increase in their disability of about 26%. And the uh, general overall population only experienced 11%. That's super curious and uh, strange, seeing as how if you're employed, you tend to be healthier than the rest of the population because you can show up to work. So you know, sometimes in brief periods of time, the disability rate will rise for employed, especially, um, you know, if there's uh, coming out of a recession because people are going back to work, but not like this. It's, it's, it's literally off the charts. The number represented at the time I presented to um, Senator Johnson, about 1.2 million. And uh, we've done a little more work. We added in the months of October and November 
And the number now for the uh, employee ages 16 to 64 that have dis- that got disabled since uh, the vaccines were introduced is about 1.7 million. And, you know, that's a big, big number because we only have about 100 people employed, 100 million people employed in this country that has serious economic impacts going forward, which you and I can talk about, Mike. Okay. Um, so let, can, can I jump in here with a couple of questions? Sure. Um, it's great that you have the updated numbers, and this is what I really appreciate about you, is that you, you dig into the numbers. You have a team, I, I, as I understand it, some statisticians yeah. and some uh, – you look at U.S. Labor Department statistics and insurance uh, industry statistics that are aggregated. And uh, uh, let me just also mention the name of your book is Cause Unknown, and it's out now. Uh, it's I, I think it's selling very rapidly. You've hit number one in what three categories on Amazon right now? Yeah, yeah immunology, virology, and vaccinations. It's currently three hundred fifty-two ranked out of all the millions of books on uh, Amazon, which I'm told is very good because we're competing against Christmas runs of Doctor Zeus and other types of books. It would be higher <laughs> right. if it wasn't Christmas. Well, you know, if you can beat green eggs and ham, you're, you're doing great right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I also want to mention it's available at our site, brighteonbooks.com. We have inventory ready to ship. Or you can get it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, you know, bn.com or other booksellers. And I think Skyhorse Publishing sells them directly as well. So you have a lot of choices. Hey, Mike, I want to make a plug for you. It's currently not in stock on Amazon. So go to Brighteon uh, before you even think about going to Amazon. Oh, Okay, great. Yeah, thank you. We do have inventory, brighteonbooks.com. We carry your book. We carry Dr. Malone's book. We carry uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book and a lot of titles uh, from Skyhorse. But uh, yeah, thank you for that. So let me ask you then, in terms of, I I want the numbers of excess mortality and, and then disability separately, but excess mortality, I believe the last time we spoke, you were talking about one group had something in the 30% range and another group was perhaps low 40s percentile uh, of yeah. excess mortality. What, what do those numbers look like right now? And what, what are those groups? Well, that, so last year in 2021, uh, the, for the group life policyholders of this country, which are basically those who work for Fortune 500 or mid-sized companies, it's a, it's a freebie you get when you sign on with the company. Uh, you get, you know, you, first day on the job, you go to HR and you sign your uh, health care form and you pick a plan. And then there's also another uh, section, uh, group life dis- uh, disability and death. And you sign that and uh, you then name a beneficiary should you die. And, uh, you know, typically speaking, this group of people are the healthiest amongst us. And that was proven in a report by the Society of Actuaries in 2016, where they detailed that the group life folks die at uh, about a third the rate of the general U.S. population in any given year. And that intuitively makes a whole lot of sense. Why would that be the case? Well, you have to to get this cl- to get a claim, a death claim. You have to actually be employed at the firm at the time. So if you get fired or quit, you get nothing. Um, so showing up to work is a uh, generally a sign of of health. Number one. Number two, you got access to some of the best healthcare with some of these plans, and then you tend to be better educated. So overall, the health profile of this group historically has always been better than the general population. Makes sense. And, and so in 2020, when COVID affected everybody, it, did, it didn't discriminate. It, did, it, it, seen, it, it, it affected the general uh, population more. The excess mortality was higher for um, the general population than the group life folks. Well, in 2021, that flipped. 
And 40, so the age is 25. This is, this, this is, these are not my numbers. This is a society of actuaries, okay? This is, this is just claims. These are excess claims or excess deaths, whatever you want to call it. They experienced 40% excess deaths uh, slash claims in 2021 from, from ages 25 through 64. The general U.S. population at the same time only experienced excess mortality of 32%, eight-point differential. Okay. And so, you, you, so you, if you're not brain dead, and if you have the slightest bit of two uh, cells working, critical thinking skills would suggest something changed in 2021. And you have to ask yourself, what really changed in 2021 to maybe cause that to happen? Well, we know uh, it's a global mass vaccination program and forced mandates. And when you dig into the data, just from the Society of Actuaries, there was a, an event that's plain as day. And if we had the chart and you could see it, you would see, you know, a, it, it, they had a heat map and there's red all over the younger age cohort, 25 through 44, uh, which are known as the millennials, experienced about 84 uh, percent excess claims slash mortality in the third quarter of 2021. What do we know happened there, Mike? Uh, in the summer, uh, large corporations started to mandate vaccines and then the executive order on September 9th from Joe Biden, any company over 100. And so we know what happened. It was an event. People that were hesitant were forced to basically at gunpoint to either keep your job or get vaccinated. And, you know, a lot of people obviously um, needed their jobs and uh, went along with it if they were being hesitant or, or lazy or both. It didn't matter. But that's what happened. So that okay. data is undeniable. Okay, no. so you have death. Okay, I'm going to stop it there uh, for the time being because this is a 47-minute-long uh, video. But uh, the bottom line is there were no excess deaths with COVID until they rolled out the jabs. And the excess deaths then started showing up in the most healthy pop part of the population. The working-class people that, you know, basically – in order to have insurance and that kind of stuff, you know, you had to be in good shape and, you know, being able to show up to work is, you know, shows that you're generally healthy and you don't have coverage if you can or you quit. So the whole bottom line is the healthiest people in the country are the ones that experience the highest rate because they were forced to take these jabs, whether they wanted them or not. You know, if you were unemployed or retired, you could choose one way or the other, but if you were working, you were screwed. And a lot of people took the jabs to keep their jobs and lost their lives in the process. So that's basically the gist of what's going on. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, I have a delivery that's coming sometime between 10 and 2 today, and it requires a signature, so I'm gonna, I may have to get up and step aside from the studio here for a minute or two. Um, I will try and have something ready to play to uh, take care of the time while I'm gone. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll see how that works out. Hopefully it'll be between shows, but uh, that would be just too lucky. So anyway, onward with this article. As we have repeatedly covered with war correspondent Michael Yan, the wide-open borders across the southern USA are meant to allow radicalized Middle Eastern terrorists to smuggle weapons and soldiers into the United States by provoking rage among all those who follow Islam 
by carrying out genocidal mass bombings on civilians in Gaza. And right now, most of the people dying in Gaza are women and children. Western leaders have calculated they will set off terrorism attacks against domestic U.S. targets because we're supporting Israel in this system. Anyway, such as infrastructure and civilians. This, in turn, provides a pretext for Biden to both declare martial law and even potentially, oh yeah, here we go, cancel the 2024 elections, which is something they really want to do because they know they can't win in a fair fight. The more fanatic the bombings, the more power the government takes for your protection. And here's a, a little bit of that talk between Mike Leon and um, uh, Mike Adams. Oops, what did I do here? Ah, something's going weird on me. There we go. All right, welcome to today's interview here on Brighton.com. I have in studio with me a special guest, Michael Yon. Of course, is one of, well, he's the most prolific independent journalist now that's been at the Darien Gap and on the border in Texas and documenting with Ann Vandersteel, by the way, who I also interviewed here, documenting the invasion of the United States and also the construction of the migrant city in Texas. And let's start there, Michael. But first of all, welcome to the studio. It's great to have you back. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we just came off the border uh, to come up and and uh, and get ready for the next phase of our operation, Burning Edge. And uh, one of the things we're going to do on Monday is fly over the Colonia north of Houston. A Colonia is means colony in Spanish, right? It can have two meanings in particular. One is like a slum, and also it means like a colony, like colonization, right? And that's clear. This is a clear colonization. In fact, they even call it Colony Ridge. It's just north of Houston. It's in Liberty County. We call it Abbott City. So this is a city that's being constructed specifically for illegals to come in and live and occupy Texas. Yep. It's 200,000 people. And I've already flown over it a couple times. I went there with Todd Bensman a couple months ago. It was very big. I had, we had a small drone up, and we looked around and said, wow, this is too big. So I said, let's go to the airport. So we went over to the airport, came back with an airplane, and it was still too big. We could only get to about 1,800 feet that day because of uh, cloud cover. And Whoa, whatnot. so you're talking about many square miles. Maybe 35 or 40. We're unclear how many square miles. And so we're still working on making sure we've got our facts straight on, on the property lines. And so I came back with a helicopter. And about on July 30th, a friend over there donated helicopter time and airplane as well. So we did six flights on July 30th. We're going to go back on Monday with a helicopter again, take three congressmen up. And Vandersteel and, and, and I are going to do that and uh, take a few other people and look at this because it's growing like crazy. Now, the developer is named Trey Harris, William, William Trey Harris. He uh, donated $1.4 million to, to Governor Abbott, right? I call him, well, some people call him Governor Abbott. I call him the World Economic Sector Chief for Texas or wow. Texas Sector Chief. Uh-huh. In fact, he just, uh, Abbott just had a... Uh, uh, a small business summit in McAllen about, I don't know, 10 days ago. And we were down there. We went to it because we were on the border. And he made no mention of the border, no mention of the electrical grid. It was all about, you got to keep in mind, McAllen or, or RGV, the Rio Grande Valley, is an important area for the World Economic Forum. Um, this is kind of flying under the radar. I mean, people know about, say, Panama, how important that is, or even uh, Netherlands. It's more dawning on people as time goes by how important Netherlands and Japan are, right? But also there's other places that people might not consider, like 
RGV Valley, the Rio Grande Valley, right there on the Mexico border, partly because the Brownsville port's right there, right? Uh-huh. And partly that's the huge uh, uh, trade uh, area for Mexico and, and United States. So right, they're building right. a corridor, the I-69 corridor, all the way up to Canada. And it goes through Detroit. And World Economic Forum has started the headquarters. So this is the Detroit. whole NAFTA realization actually it is. coming true, uh, which means Ross Perot was right all along, of course. He was. I thought he was wrong, but I was pretty young then, but that's no excuse. But he, he was clearly right. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, the giant sucking sound. And right now, the, the giant sucking sound, you know, is all, all across the border and it, as American cities are collapsing and the American people are being replaced. That's, that's the big critical aha in all of this. The American people are being slaughtered. Uh, you know, they're being subjected to economic collapse, uh, you know, vaccine depopulation, bioweapons. And then they're being replaced with these migrant cities. Huge amounts. Roughly 10,000 a day are coming in. Nobody actually knows the true numbers. Uh, the Darien Gap, you know, where I spend a lot of time between Colombia and Panama, yeah. is, uh, is just over, it's overflowing. And the United States, specifically Mayorkas, has gone down there on at least two trips that I was down there and intercepted him twice down there in April of 2022 and April of 2023. I was down there waiting for him both times. He has come down to Panama to expand the, the migration. If you can get your feet into South America, you can get to anywhere in America, in the United States. All you have to do is get your feet in Argentina or Brazil or Suriname, Guyana. Doesn't matter. Ecuador, many of the Chinese fly to Quito, right. any of these places, Paraguay. And then it's easy to get to Colombia. Once you get to Colombia, straight shot through the Daring Gap. And you can be in the United States in a week or two. You, you documented that exhaustively. So if anybody out there is watching this and thinking that that can't possibly be true, you know, I mean, you have, you have, I mean, we talk to people thanks to you. Yeah. you. You went into the camp. What was it? Lajas Blancas? Was that one of the camps? That's uh, that, San Vicente. Yeah, I think we did it in Lajas Blancas and we did it in San Vicente. Yeah, I, I think, think we so. did it twice, right? That was That's two right. different camps. Two different camps. Yeah. And the people there were just telling us, yeah, we're on our way to America. Yeah. And, and those are two of the major camps there in Panama that the United States funds. I mean, I've been there and the U.S. Uh, embassy says that's a lie. They've told people that I'm lying. And I'm like, our flag is in the camps. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Right. You, you put signs in the camps. I mean, right. they're, 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 they're lying like what just happened at Lahaina, you know? Mysteriously, the water's not there. Mysteriously, the alarm doesn't work. Right. Mysteriously, this is a place the they want to take. Right. Off. You know, if you're going to make real global pandemic, not just the fake, you know, scare with the COVID and, and, and get, get everybody to take the death jab. But if you want to make a real one that really kills a huge amount of people, you're going to want to be out on an island that's quarantined, self-quarantined out there. You know, I've been looking for islands around the world where they might do this. And I've been looking at Hawaii for a while. And, you know, I, I really think they're going to make a go for taking Hawaii or parts of Hawaii, because this is a place for the rich and the elite to keep. Now, you look at the, uh, you and Ann talked about, I was watching the show, it was very interesting, very important about secessionist movements such as Hawaii. I've been watching that one for years. Yep. I've flown over and looked at it and that sort of thing. Keep in mind, Hawaii will be owned by someone. It will never go back to the Hawaiians. Not going to happen. It'll be the Chinese or someone. That's the reason that the Hawaiian flag has so many other flags on it, right? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a fusion of other flags like Russian and whatnot, British. And so the, uh, it, the bottom line is the secessionist movements, whereas I, I feel it myself, but at the same time, if California were to secede, who's going to take it? China, right? Or 
uh, La Raza, I mean, Mexico, right? Right. Uh, it could be some fight, but you know, you could end up with literally the, the, the PLA Navy, the people's liberation, basically the Chinese Navy in San Francisco or up in uh, Washington state or Oregon. That's highly conceivable. Canada. Well, and it brings up the question, how quickly is the U S really falling apart? Because it seems to me that the acceleration, like we're, we're past the tipping point of being a cohesive society. The cities are just collapsing by the day. The military is collapsing by design from the top down. You know, they're just gutting the, the principles of the military and recruitment is, has fallen off a cliff and so on. You know, government has just become a terrorist organization. The judicial system won't uphold the law. I mean, you know, we're, we're almost at the end, it looks like. What do you think? Well, the things that you and Alex Jones and others have been saying for years that sounded completely crazy are now everybody, almost everybody with a brain accepts it. Now the discussion is when and what's going to actually unfold, which is an unknown. One of the things I've learned about years in wars and studying wars is that those who think that they know how the war is going to unfold, uh, don't listen to them <laughs> because, because yeah. it's too complex. Yeah. Now, it's easy to get started in a war. It's hard to turn it off. And it's hard to know how they, because wars are like fires. The conditions change, the rains come, the winds pick up, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and it's the same with wars. They, wars like fires, they tend to breed more of themselves yes. until they reach some point where you know the conditions change or the fuel is burned and then they abate and people say we'd never do that again and then it happens again did did you know by the way and in, in, in previous interviews you talked about how special forces are taught to carry out sabotage in you know enemy territory and so on to burn things down did you know that in the first two weeks of august this year nine recycling centers have gone up in flames in america Interesting. You know, I did uh, a considerable sabotage training in special forces because our mission was secret at the time, but it's, it's past the time limit. I'm okay to say it was to parachute into Poland and to do disruption against the Soviets. Right. And so I got a lot of uh, sabotage training. And one of the first rules or maybe the first rule, as I recall, was never blow anything up that you can burn down. Right. And one of, one of the things that you do before or as you burn things down is cut off the fire department and the water. There's even, there's even, yep. uh, there's even a formula for blowing up fire hydrants. I remember it specifically. I don't remember the formula, but it was basically put a little explosives. It doesn't take much for a fire hydrant, you know, right. a, a, a sledgehammer would do, but I mean, but the bottom line is look what happened in Lahaina. Absolutely. No water, no alarm. They turned it off. I mean, that was right out of the manual. Yes. Right? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, one oh one. That, that's not even like advanced sabotage techniques. That's, and there's something called a Carver Matrix. All the special forces and CIA guys watching this, or some of the CIA people, if they're in those sorts of departments, would know what the Carver Matrix is, right? The Carver Matrix is a matrix when you're, when you're selecting targets, right? And you want to um, figure out, you, you, and no matter how rich or well-off you are, you always have limited assets, right? Whether you're Bill Gates or whatever, you still have to prioritize, right? Your time and your resources. And the Carver Matrix is a planning tool for special operators, CIA types, to, um, to, to prioritize their targets. And so criticality, accessibility, recuperability, vulnerability, recognizability. And so these are part of the, so you make this matrix and then, you know, calculate in how much assets you have, how much time on target, these sorts of things. And that's why when I came back to the United States in 2020, the first thing I did was upgrade my protective mask. I went to an uh, Avon FM 54. It's the best money can buy, right? 
Why? Because I know, I know what's happening. I can see it because of my background and what I still do covering conflicts around the world. I could see we're clearly going into civil war. I could clearly see, and I've worn a lot of masks in places like Hong Kong and Thailand and the United States getting gassed in, in the things and the various fighting in the streets. And so I've become a connoisseur of fine masks. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I realized that we could have factory fires. We could have train derailments. And, and so I, I got all the latest equipment and uh, knowing that it's coming or thinking that it's coming. And now it's here. It's clearly here. Yeah. It's uh, important, by the way, to have a good protective mask. And these remember the difference between a fire with a lot of smoke in the air and 5,000 people dead is the wind speed and direction. That's a good you know, point. If the wind speed's high and the direction's your direction, the, the smoke's going to be close to the ground. And all smoke is toxic, especially if it's black and coming from a factory. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're just talking about a full face respirator that can help you escape and help you breathe uh, and get out of smoke. Right. Another thing that can help you with that now with more modern technology is just a tiny little drone to pop up and look real quick and see where things are at. And should I leave or should I go? Or what uh -huh. is that going on? Bring it right back down. One minute you can have it up. Eyes in the sky. Yep. Bring it right back down. You don't have to. I know if there's a big fire, you don't want to send a drone up, obviously, uh, because the, if there's air assets or something around. But oftentimes it actually is useful, yes. especially if you're just popping it up a couple hundred feet. Take a quick look. Hey, that bridge is closed or, you know, hey, that's actually a, fire, a train derailed. And let me tell you about the rule of thumb. If you see a big factory uh, or something like that on fire, a refinery or a harbor, the rule of thumb is. You should be able to hide that entire incident behind your thumb. And if you can't, keep going. Get you're not far it. enough away. You're not far enough away. That's the rule of thumb. Hold your thumb out, and it should be far enough away that it's, that it's completely covered. Wow. Because some of these, some of these uh, after effects are quite dynamic and energetic. And by the way, if you see a large explosion at a factory or a warehouse or something, that's not your clue that everything's safe. Often the biggest explosion is not the first or the second. Uh -huh. You'll have a really big explosion. Everybody's like, wow, that's over. Uh -uh. <laughs> the really big one's yet to come. And it, just go on YouTube. And I've, I've researched this many, many years ago for a book that I was writing. Often that big explosion comes much later and like levels half a town or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any, any doubt that there are black ops teams operating in the continental United States right now that are carrying out sabotage operations? I think it's obvious. And have you noticed the FBI never has a press statement? The FBI never comes up and says, or unless I'm missing it, am I missing any press conferences where the FBI says, let's answer questions about all these fires and, nope. and mysterious other things that are happening. They're pretending it's not happening. Yeah, and because, you know, one of the things... If there, I mean, some of this will be just background noise because fires do happen, right? I mean, there are just forest fires sometimes because a lightning strike or some child playing with a bottle rocket. We know that, right? Uh, and so, so there's always that level X of background noise, but we're way above background noise. And they are obviously hitting the food supply. And the food supply is being hitting, if you, if you look at, there's no truth in the world without context, right? So when you look at the context of what, everything that's going on, something that you and I've talked about many times is the fertilizer supply, like the nitrogenous fertilizer supply. I was in BASF last year, you know, the big plant that you and I've talked about numerous times. Right. And I asked the a guy in the plant, I'd spent an hour with him touring around and I asked him what happens if Nord Stream gets cut. Right. And this was before it was cut because I suspected something may happen to Nord Stream. 
And he's like, BASF is dead. Well, it happened. was cut. Yeah. And so I was at Groningen in um, Netherlands in March this year during the elections. Groningen is a big, massive, very important gas field, natural gas in Netherlands. I was specifically in Groningen because that, that gas field is under information war attack to close it. So you can see some of the things I published in March from Groningen, like this may close. And now yeah. about what, a month ago or five weeks ago, the government announced, the Dutch government, that they're going to close it. Mm-hmm. So some of these things... You know, I, I was just talking with Alex Jones when we were just in his studio. Some of these things, I mean, like you and Alex often look like Nostradamus, but a lot of it's more you're intelligent and you look at things and you study, but it's actually just the courage to see it and say it. True, you know what I mean? True. I think a lot of people see it, but they don't want to sound crazy to say it or they don't want to lose their job. You well, know? But even, even Alex says this directly. I've heard him say it many times that he's not reading the future, he doesn't have a crystal ball, that the globalists admit their plans. They say what they're doing. It's all in the documents. You can read the blueprints, you can read the globalist agendas, you can read the WEF you know, or the climate or the, you know, the, the World Health Organization, their new treaties and everything. It's all right there in black and white. Yeah, right? I, I felt like that too. Like in the Iraq war, uh, people gave me a lot of credit for predicting the Iraq civil war a year and a half in advance of everybody else. And I was like, I never predicted anything. It was ongoing. I was just telling you what I was saying. Yeah. It's like you're telling me I predicted a fire, but I, I'm like, I, 911, there's a fire. And everybody's like, there's no fire. Keep hanging up for a year and a half. <laughs> right. the fire, like, hey, the neighborhood's on fire. It's like, hey, you predicted a fire. Right. No, it was clearly going on. It was the same with Afghanistan when I was in 2006, wrote 12 major dispatches. Called, one of the series is called The Perfect Evil. I clearly described... And just go back and read those from 2006 and see how it played out. Oh. But it, I wasn't predicting it. It was already there. Let me give out your website. It's michaelyon.locals.com and also michaelyon, Y-O-N. Uh, michaelyon, uh, that's your uh, Twitter handle as well. And is there any other channel or platform you want to give out? Uh, yeah, my, my Twitter or X now is michael underscore yon or michael oh, yon underscore yon or, 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 or just look up michael yon jungle. I'm always in jungles and deserts. It <laughs> seems true. like true. You know? And, um, you know, I'm going to stop that one there cause it's a 42 minute long deal. But as you can see from these two things, um, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, all these, um, food processing plants and, uh, uh, fuel refineries and all the different things that we've been hearing about burning and all this stuff, but never is there any explanation as to what happened. That's a cover up by the FBI and all the rest who are not letting people know that because the southern borders are open, all these people are coming through and they're there's their cells of terrorists that are creating these acts of um sabotage in many cases now like you said you know the occasional fire uh forest fire and things like that may be natural causes or or a screw up by somebody but food processing plants just don't blow up and burn down uh people don't just fly airplanes into them gee where have we seen that before this stuff is not happening by accident and the fact that the government's never talking about it, never discussing these things, and just sort of blowing it off as well, we don't know. It just it's out there, you know. That gives that should tell you something. Anyway, on with the article. 
These are just a few examples of how engineered crises events are used to obscure crimes and seize power. Peace is the enemy of all of this, which is why anyone calling for peace right now is labeled either a Putin stooge or anti-Semite. Peace can never be allowed to in intervene in the goals of the globalist elite who plan to exterminate humanity, global depopulation, but to, the, uh, to achieve that, they need total control, disarmament of all civilian populations, destruction of the Bill of Rights, control over all online speech, and sufficient social support as they commit genocide against humanity. Everything you're seeing unfold right now is engineered to achieve these goals. That's why the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, was ordered to stand down on October 7th, for example. It's why George Soros is funding pro-Palestine pro -Palestine college groups to chant radical anti-Israel slogans in order to invoke a free speech crackdown by conservatives such as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. This is a playbook that's being run against humanity with easily predictable results since human neurology is easily controlled by governments, media, and the invocation of hatred. This is exactly why fictional stories like Hamas beheaded 40 babies had to be created and passed off as facts because they invoke the emotional reaction that's needed for governments to justify genocide against humanity as a whole. Remember, what they're doing to Gaza right now is just another opening chapter. The entire human population is next in line. Every engineered crisis is launched to cover up a crime or a power grab to be used against humanity. Here's a summary of the most notable crisis events being engineered right now as cover stories for larger crimes carried out by the globalist elite. First, the financial collapse covers up the government's financial crimes and explains why mass poverty, or explains away mass poverty by blaming America's enemies for waging currency wars. It also provides a convenient narrative for governments rolling out central bank digital currencies while eliminating most mid-level retail banks, concentrating financial power in the hands of a few globalist banks like Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, and Bank of America. A, mili <clears throat> a military draft covers up skyrocketing vaccine deaths among America's youth, blaming their deaths on war, like with Islam, most likely. It also covers up the deaths of vaccinated active duty personnel. Domestic terrorism. From radical Islamic border crossers. Yeah, southern border. Most of the people coming across are military-aged males from all over. Anyway, this justifies calls for domestic martial law that enables government to attempt nationwide gun confiscation while claiming to be protecting the citizens. Watch carefully for how upcoming uh, acts of sabotage, terrorism, and mass death in the continental United States will be carried out with whatever weapons the administration wants to ban. AR-15... Ghost guns, armed braced AR pistols, high capacity magazines, etc. Sorry, I got some goobers in my throat. Um, yeah, basically, what they're saying there is there will be uh, false flag operations or, you know, 
these so-called acts of terrorism, the people will be armed with the kind of guns that they're trying to ban. Simple as that. Standard process. Martial law, meanwhile, halts elections. Hmm. And ends any real political reckoning for the game, for the same democratic regime that rigged 2020 and plunged America into inflation, war, and despair. That's why Biden regime officials operate without any sense of accountability. They never plan to be held accountable for anything. Real power means having never having to rely on the will of the voters to approve of anything you're doing. And that's why the elections are a scam. They have elections to make the people think they have a say in what's going on, but they don't. Elections are predetermined. The outcome will be as the powers that be want them to be. Yeah, they let Trump get in one time, and then they took him out. We had no say in the matter. Every, every election is rigged. From the beginning of this country to the present day, we have never had a fair and true election. And that's pretty much provable as well. Listen to the Thursday shows for that information. Anyway, these efforts are aided by a spineless GOP that still won't demand paper ballots and though, and who therefore will be clobbered again if there is an election in 2024. Republicans can only play the role of losers, not leaders, and their only real loyalty is to Israel, not America. Yeah, bunch of chickens. And the thing is, we have one political party with two different wings is what it boils down to. And the Republican Party was founded by socialists, which, again, let's see the Thursday shows for that. But um, both parties are taking us towards the cliff. The Republicans are going at 50 miles an hour. The Democrats are going at 100, but the destination is the same. There you have it. Food insecurity is spreading across America uh, thanks to food inflation, geoengineering, weather weapons, and routine sabotaging of America's food infrastructure, food production facilities, grain storage, etc. The crisis is engineered to force people onto government food stamp programs, which will of course be merged with the CBDCs and vaccine compliance so that the only people allowed to enter grocery stores and receive government allotted food handouts will be those who take the required jabs and don't criticize Israel. And don't forget the, um, all the genetic modification and the, all the other chemical crap that goes along. You know, Bill Gates' appeal group on the, on the fruits and vegetables that uh, no doubt is part of a uh, global population reduction program, you know, poisoning people. Anyway, keep on. Mass homelessness of the American people is being engineered through spiking home mortgage rates and unaffordable rent. Millions of Americans will lose their homes, which will be taken over by BlackRock and various banks to live in tent cities that are already being set up in Chicago, New York City, and other locations to house illegal immigrants. In a shocking Trading Places event, the illegal immigrants will be gifted the homes previously occupied by Americans. <laughs> yeah, that's why they have to take the guns away. Thanks to various government grant programs that are already favoring migrants over the U.S. over U.S. veterans, for example, with generous handouts and free housing, 
In effect, the tent cities of migrants will be swapped out for de- with destitute Americans, while the migrants live in the homes the Americans can no longer afford. Millions of Americans will end up living in tent cities entirely dependent on government handouts of food and limited shelter. And, of course, that's just in time until they're taken to the camps where they are taken care of. <laughs> in other words, eliminated. Geoengineering weather weaponization is used to destroy cities, Acapulco, for example, and obliterate crops and water supplies, ultimately forcing large masses of people into 15-minute cities where they are monitored, controlled, and killed off via vaccines and violence. Through weather weaponization, a global holomador is being, see Thursday shows for that thing too, is being unleashed on humanity, making it increasingly difficult for anyone to achieve food self-reliance and thereby resist total control efforts of the globalists. Two outstanding sources on this subject include Dane Wigington of geoengineeringwatch.org and David Dubine, ADAPT 2030. Dane Wigington from Global Engineering Watch joins Mike Adams with final warning. Uh, Doesn't say exactly what stops there, but let's listen to a little bit of this. Today's interview on Brighton.com features Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org. And Dane Wigington is one of our favorite guests and our fans also love his material. Uh, Even though he scares everybody with uh, the truth about what's going on with weather weaponization and now crop failures. And uh, I'm a big fan of Dane. I've got his shirt right here, the geoengineering watch shirt right there. Yeah. See that geoengineeringwatch.org. Thanks for sending that Dane. And welcome to the show today. It's great to have you on. Deepest gratitude to you, Mike, for all you've done to pull back the curtain and expose the insanity behind it and with what's happening in our skies. Imperative that populations understand the gravity of the threat it poses to all of us. It's not just weather warfare, but also biological warfare because of the toxic elements that are a part of these programs. So, again, as you correctly stated, they're targeting not only food supplies, but the Air column is being contaminated. We're all breathing it. This is a, a, a multi-leveled threat. So let, let's let's start with the more recent news. Uh, every day, of course, you know, I'm assigning stories to my writers and, and I'm doing my own broadcast and I'm seeing uh, crop failures uh, across the Midwest, wheat crops just being devastated by the current drought conditions. And then, of course, in other places around the world, you know, floods and storms and so on. Um, Let's just start with the basics. This, what we're seeing right now across the Midwest, uh, this is not this is not normal for this area and this time of year, is it? No, I would cite that nothing's normal anymore in respect to weather and climate systems. And Mike, perhaps you saw that the White House released late last week their statement that they were studying the injection of aerosols into the sky to yes. block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy as if it hasn't been going on for 75 plus years already. And that is indicative of the insane asylum that we live in, that they can pretend that they could, may, might geoengineer someday if things get bad enough, as if it's not bad enough already, as if they're not conducting weather warfare already and again have been for 75 plus years. What we desperately need is for populations to wake up, look up and understand that we're in a very real fight for life right now. And I'm glad you brought this point up because, yeah, it was big news. It was covered by the mainstream media all over the world, including in the UK Daily Mail, 
that the White House is uh, reviewing a plan to block the sun. And they even called it geoengineering in the headlines that I saw. And yes. yet five years ago, they said it was all a conspiracy. There's no such thing. It's not happening. So, Dane, what do you think changed where they're now admitting that geoengineering is a good thing in their view? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it was a conspiracy theory. Now it's a good policy to save the planet, according to them. What do you think? It's called putting lipstick on the pig and hoping the public will accept it. And and this is it, at this point, they are desperate because this elephant in the sky is becoming all but impossible to hide. They're wreaking havoc around the globe. Other countries are waking up to this as well, that their governments have been participating either actively or passively in these programs, being strong armed by the larger powers to participate. And the very premise for these programs, Mike, and this is imperative for populations to understand, the very foundation in which these programs are pushed on populations is that they mimic the temporary cooling effect of volcanic eruptions. But we now know from the latest and most up-to-date data that even volcanic eruptions only provide very temporary toxic cooling. And this is far more toxic still because we're talking about aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene. After that temporary cooling period, these types of operations to saturate the sky, sky with these light scattering particles not only destroy photosynthesis, the ozone layer contaminate everything, but it causes a worsened, much worse overall long-term warming. Why would that be a surprise? And anybody who, for example, in the case of the ozone layer disintegration alone, which is by itself an existential threat, anybody that fills the surfaces of cars or how fast the interiors, have you noticed that, Mike, how fast the interiors of cars heat up now, that is incredibly penetrating thermal energy because of the destruction of the ozone layer. Again, that factor, primary cause, climate engineering, not hairspray cans. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but I did want to show my screen here for those who are skeptical of, of what you and I are talking about, Dane. So here it is from the UK Daily Mail. Uh, more gloomy news from Biden. White House says it's opened a plan that would block sunlight from hitting surface of the earth in a bid to limit global warming. Now, I believe this headline has been uh, uh, altered because I, I thought I saw geoengineering in the original headline, but they do have it in the subhead. The White House has opened the door to an audacious geoengineering plan. So here it is in the mainstream media, and this is dated July 1st, 2023. So it's, it's recent. And then the UK Daily Mail, to their credit, they say that scientists have warned the practice could have devastating effects. And that's part of what you were just talking about there, Dane. You know, th this is, I call it terraforming also as well. You know, it's geoengineering, but they're altering planetary chemistry, which can have devastating effects across the entire biosphere, as you have been warning about for so many years. Your thoughts? been trying to warn at the top of my lungs for, yes, over 15 years, and, and that damage is manifesting catastrophically right now. And when they refer to if they deploy this, it could, may, might have devastating consequences. We are already there, long since been there. And you can't just turn this off. They've committed us all to an experiment from which there is no return without public knowledge or consent. And again, the total consequences of the programs can scarcely be comprehended or quantified. Not only contaminating every breath we take, they're, they're the core causal factor for the fires, Mike. We see the, they're already telling us they're programming populations to accept that the Canadian fires are going to burn all year long. Really? And that is a part that absolutely are. They're already warning us, expect those fires to burn until the winter snows come. How do they know that? Because that is a part of the plan. That is a part of the agenda. 
Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. Please, if you're listeners, just search that title, one of our most important reports. It has scientific study in it that advocates for the intentional incineration of northern latitude forests to put enough particulate matter into the sky to provide temporary cooling. That is true desperation to incinerate the planet's last remaining life support systems to mask the severity of damage done to the planet already, so much of it from climate engineering. And, and think about that insanity. Let's do more of what we've been doing to try to mask the damage done from what we've been doing. Is that not insane? It's, if I could, before I toss this back, let yeah. me add one more layer of insanity. It appears in the case of the ozone layer and the, and the methane buildup that's happening in the atmosphere. And not methane from cow flatulence. This is methane from thawing methane hydrate and clathrate releases that are happening in Arctic Tundra and on the seafloor, which climate engineering is making far worse, not better. We have Project Lucy, that's an acronym. Project Alamo, that's an acronym. For microwaving the atmosphere with opposing frequencies in an incredibly desperate and dangerous attempt to try to molecularly degrade the methane, what are the consequences from those programs on top of everything else, layer upon layer of insanity, Mike? Just like you know so well, more than almost anyone on the planet, or you are certainly top in your field in this, that the pharmaceutical industrial approach, take this pharmaceutical for that symptom, and then 10 other pharmaceuticals for the consequences of the side effects of that, 10 more for, it just never, it, it doesn't end. It's a cascading collapse scenario, and that's what we face. We're living in a kill zone. Uh, I, I'm convinced that humanity has been uh, labeled for extermination. Uh, on a planetary scale. I don't think they're going to completely succeed, but I think they will kill one to two billion human beings uh, before these uh, extermination attempts are, are halted. Those deaths have already begun. And sadly, the famine and, and food supply uh, problems caused by geoengineering could kill even more than one to two billion people. You know, everybody has to eat. And there's you know, if you cut off half the world's food supply, then you kill 4 billion people, by the way. And that can be done with this climate engineering that's taking place. So I, the only question in my mind, Dane, is how many deaths can we limit this to, right? I mean, the deaths are already happening and, and you know the mechanisms as well as I. Can we, can we save half of humanity? Can we have 4 billion people left by the end of this? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that number would be very optimistic. And I, I know that that's a difficult pill to swallow. And we at geoengineeringwatch.org, as you know, we fully acknowledge that we have damaged the planet in countless ways. We've been very poor stewards of the planet. No arguing that. But for any environmental group, the Al Gores of the world and the rest of them, for them to pretend that they care about the environment while systematically ignoring, denying, and trying to marginalize this massive biggest single part of the equation that's wreaking havoc on the planet's remaining life support systems, derailing them, preventing them from responding to the damage already done. That, that is a criminal act, Mike. Yes. Every single environmental group, every so-called climate scientist that's denying this, pretending it's just a proposal we could, may, might do someday, that is absolutely inexcusable. And if we can wake the populations up to this criminal denial across the board, one can only imagine they would take to the streets with their proverbial pitchforks and torches, and that time needs to come fast because the planet is unable to respond to the damage done because of these programs, which are not benevolent in any way, shape, or form. This is weather warfare and biological warfare, period. 
Yeah, yeah, good, good point. And, and I'm glad you brought up the Canadian wildfires. Let's talk about that for a minute because the, the burning that has already taken place is, is mind-boggling. I don't know how many acres. Uh, do, you, do you know uh, how, do. how, how many is it? Yeah, go ahead. Since, since May 1st, Canada has lost, on average, 330,000 acres every single day oh my since God. May 1st. Well over 20 million acres and counting. Oh, my God. Again, it's off the scale. And what most Americans don't know is Siberia burning just as horrifically. Americans have no idea that's occurring. And you have the superpowers, whatever their surface conflicts are, the whole Ukraine situation, they are absolutely colluding and cooperating in climate engineering. And we have Senate documents to prove this, some of them 800 pages long. So you have this behind-the-curtain collusion they all have their own agendas, but on the climate engineering issue, Russia incinerating their forests in Siberia, the same as Canada's here, and it seems everybody takes their turn. And, and, and that's something that is difficult to ferret out and prove, of course, but you have one area burning one year, another area burning another year. California certainly has had its turn. And then suddenly, at the onset of last winter, when more drought was predicted, more drought was scheduled, I don't want to call it prediction because this is simply the schedule weather, and then for reasons that we can speculate on, they changed the script and they sent the snowmageddon into California, the toxic snowmageddon, which is not restoring forest here, Mike. The fir trees are dying every bit as fast and faster than before this toxic precipitation was allowed to fall because that doesn't rejuvenate forests, as you know. You know about soil microbiome and root systems. And when you're dumping toxic rain on those already damaged systems, you only do more damage. So the fir die off here is faster than ever. In fact, it's so bad when the, the fir tree is the predominant tree in the Western forests, there's science reports out now called Firmageddon indicating wow. that the die off the fir trees is so cataclysmic. These, the, the collapse of these these multiple biospheres, even even in the ocean as well, will have devastating consequences on the ability of human civilization to survive. Uh, I think people underestimate how much we depend on natural systems to function. For example, pollinators. Uh, you know, without pollinators, we starve. I mean, uh, about a third of the food that we eat typically uh, in any given meal comes from uh, plants that require you know pollination. And without that, you know, first of all, the California's agricultural industry would absolutely collapse. And, and I think that that process is underway right now. Um, can I can I ask you a question about the Canadian wildfires again? I, I, I didn't quite finish that. By what mechanism do you is it your understanding that that how are the fires being set or sustained? How do they start these fires? That would be another subject besides the foundational factor of climate engineering setting the stage for those fires to burn with such ferocity. That's what's prepping the forest in a way that allows it to burn with that kind of ferocity. Now, we looked at the satellite imagery of a lot of these startups. There were no disturbances. There were no convective storm cells above. There should have been no lightning there. They started almost simultaneously. It certainly looks like some sort of coordinated arson. The key factor here is what has set the template for these fires to burn. Geoengineeringwatch.org found a 140-page U.S. military document titled Forest Fires as a Military Weapon. Wow. There were about 18 sites named inside North America in that document. So why would they be studying sites for this type of forest preparation, which involves exactly what we're seeing? 
for preparation up to two years for some of these forests to dry them out, contaminate soils, cause this dead buildup of material, and, and then the forest can burn with immense ferocity, causing firestorms. It's exactly what we see. It's named in this military document. How much proof do we need that they are at this? When we have peer-reviewed science study that's, again, in the short report titled Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, one of our most important short reports, peer-reviewed science study advocating for incinerating northern latitude forests to provide temporary cooling. So, Mike, you remember when this the fires first ignited, all this smoke drifted down over the U.S. Northeast, right? Yep, yep. Temperatures dropped precipitously. That's right. About 25, 30 degrees. Now, that's it's counterintuitive for some people. They think, how can a wildfire create cooling? But when you're putting that much particulate matter into the atmosphere and blocking that much sunlight, uh, you definitely can cool the surface temporarily, but at what cost to the planet? Destroying our remaining life support systems forever? And because trees aren't growing back, Mike, because the ozone layer is so damaged, soils are so compromised, and the precipitation cycle so disrupted, now the the success rate for planting saplings in Northern California, and I know because I do this on the preserve that I manage, I did this, a success rate 15 years ago of 95% for, for the saplings making it through the first year, success rate now is zero, zero. Nothing makes it through the first year. And back to the food supplies, which you mentioned, it's not just crops collapsing. And again, climate engineering drying out the atmosphere, which is not, not only contaminating soils, but changing atmospheric RH, relative humidity. So we have vapor pressure deficit. The lack of humidity causes everything from crops to forests to shut their stomata, their respiratory ports. The organisms don't breathe. They don't absorb carbon. They don't release oxygen. They don't grow. We have that factor, the ozone layer destruction, releasing immense UV radiation on oceans, which is destroying plankton, bottom of the food chain on planet Earth. 90% decline in the Atlantic already, 90% globally, a 90% decline in pelagic fish populations as a food fish. And as you so correctly stated a moment ago, how many rely on that bounty from the sea, it's two to three billion as a primary source. And nature, as you also correctly said a moment ago, has historically provided 75% of all global GDP for free, Uh no more. Yeah, so we're talking about an economic collapse, of course, following the biosphere collapse that's being engineered. Now, uh, I want to bring people's attention to photosynthesis here for a second, but but first through through global dimming. Now, you've done a lot of work about dimming, and I think you have a documentary uh, on dimming on your website, geoengineeringwatch.org. I think I saw I saw that here it is. It's called the dimming. Uh, So that's something that people need to watch right there. Dimming can happen from volcanoes, as, as I know, I know you know this, Dane. I'm just repeating this for the audience. Uh, volcanoes, and by the way, there's another volcano that just today I found out there's been 1,200 earthquakes, and there might be an, uh, another volcano that's about to blow. Uh, we'll see, you know, in the weeks ahead. But volcanoes eject enormous uh, material, particulate matter, into the upper atmosphere, sometimes reaching the stratosphere. Uh, there's also, of course, the forest fires that you were just talking about, and that releases particulate matter, which causes dimming and cooling. And then uh, in addition to that, there's stratospheric aerosol injection, which is admitted by the government, and this is part of the government's plan to cause dimming. But in each of these cases, the, the dimming, of course, blocks photosynthesis. And photosynthesis is essential. It's critical, obviously, for life on Earth, because that's what all plants use 
in order to have the energy to, to function, to grow and to produce crops and leaves and stems and roots and so on, and to synthesize the molecules that we call nutrition, by the way. You know, how do you, how do you think vitamin C gets made by an orange? Well, it, it uses energy from the sun through photosynthesis plus carbon dioxide from the atmosphere plus water from its roots to synthesize vitamin C, which is made of nothing but hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen in a certain configuration. That's all there is in vitamin C is HCO. So, I mean, look up the molecule if you don't believe me. But without photosynthesis, doesn't this entire system, Dane, grind to a halt? It does. It absolutely does. Photosynthesis, by the way, stops at 104 degrees Fahrenheit. It tapers down up to that point, stops completely at that point. Now let's add what you just mentioned so correctly, that the scattering of the light spectrum in the atmosphere, which is never mentioned on any geoengineering study of any sort. They don't mention what it does to photosynthesis. They don't mention, by the way, everything we spray in the sky is going to settle down through the air column. We all get to breathe it where it contaminates virtually everything on the planet. None of that ever mentioned in so-called science studies from the so-called science community. So the bottom line from every conceivable direction, they are decimating the planet's life support systems. And on the, the aspect of, again, with photosynthesis, vapor pressure deficit, destroyed soil microbiome. We know aluminum is very toxic to root systems. It causes them to shut down nutrient uptake. They die a slow, protracted death. And in the case of the, the samples we have taken, and we've taken hundreds, by the way, not just across the U.S., but around the world, we've taken about 500 from a single state in the U.S., which we haven't disclosed yet. And we have extrapolated what the total likely global dispersion is of all elements combined in this mix, which again is a very uh, lethal array of toxic elements, somewhere between 40 to 60 million tons a year of nanoparticles being dispersed in the skies. And, and Mike, you saw the studies about mainstream media warning people of just how dangerous the smaller air pollution particles are from the fires, PM 2.5. You saw those those articles, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So what people need to understand is they're not even looking for, let alone reporting or disclosing the much more lethal particles that are much smaller than PM 2.5. And those are climate engineering elements, which are nanoparticles. So you have this mountain of even more toxic particles of even more toxic elements being dispersed often directly above the smoke canopies. That's critical to understand. We have film footage of this for example, of the Paradise Fire blanket, geoengineering jet aerosol spraying directly on top of the smoke bank. Whatever that's about, it's not benevolent. And we have also, so people understand, Mike, you've seen all the massive hail events of late. Yeah. Now it's common. Everything's two-inch hailstones or bigger doing tons, immense damage everywhere, right? Yes, I've seen that. They've destroyed solar farms and greenhouses in yes. many cases across America. Yeah, crazy, like almost baseball-sized hail. Yes, that's chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. Those are patented processes. People can see those patents at geoengineeringwatch.org. They can search the engineering winter section. So when you see these flash cool downs, when it goes from record highs of 115 or 20 and drops 50 degrees in hours, they are chemically seeding those clouds. Chemical ice nucleating elements causes the nucleation process to start much sooner at much higher temperatures and you end up with massive hailstorms and that's exactly what that's about none of this being disclosed by the so-called science community and you know the the hail also just obliterates crops and, and that's what people need to understand too i mean not just greenhouses but crops on the ground anything you're growing uh, you know 
uh, uh, out. alfalfa, whatever corn, it, it's done, gets hit by a hailstorm and it's done. And you're correct. And so photosynthesis is being under attack with global dimming. Plus you just mentioned hail. Plus then you have floods and droughts. And, you know, instead of the weather, how it used to be, like when I was growing up, you always had a kind of a balanced kind of a mix. It would rain a little bit. It'd be sunny a little bit. You know, it, it, it'd get hot a few days in the summer, but not insane. You know, and it, it, you'd have, of course, snow in the winter. I grew up in the Midwest. So you'd have all this mix, but nothing got super crazy, uh, at, at least that I recall, you know, growing up. And now it seems like it's crazy all the time everywhere. It's just the, the extremes have become the norm. Uh, and I mean, you're seeing that too, right? That you're documenting it. The only ones that aren't seeing it, Mike, are those that have their eyes wide shut. And, and this is, again, they're telling us, they're forewarning us. It seems to be part of their protocol to expect it to get much, much worse. And we at geoengineeringwatch.org are not ignoring, again, the fact that we have been poor stewards to the planet. We are not ignoring that. We're not denying that. We never have. What we're saying is there is no legitimate discussion about climate anything from any perspective without first and foremost addressing this elephant in the equation, which is the most destructive single factor of all. We have to deal with this. We have to get it out in the open. We have to stop it. If we don't, we're on a very limited time frame. And as you so correctly stated a moment ago, the crushing of crops, flash hailstones, storms, flash freezes, flash droughts, uh, flash floods. And this material is very cold to the touch, Mike. So we've seen like in the late, the late, winter and early spring when they allowed everything to bloom in California for about the early for about the fifth year in a row and then they engineer a cool down over us and wipe out all the blooms all the blossoms and this material is so cold that it can flash freeze foliage at temperatures that would not be expected to see anything like this it's extremely cold to the touch and we have measured snow off the side of Mount Shasta that was the first snow of the year, this is several years ago, the ambient temperatures had not been below 30 degrees in that season yet, and the snow was 15 degrees. How does that happen? Snow sitting on the ground for two days was 15 degrees when the surface temperatures hadn't been below 30. That's That can only happen from chemical ice nucleation. And, and one more fallback to the pollinators, which you so correctly mentioned also a moment ago. I encourage your listeners to search bees aluminum. And they can find peer-reviewed study to prove that bees are dying of symptoms that resemble Alzheimer's and dementia in a human being because they are packed full of aluminum. They can't even find their way back to the hives. And no one is willing to talk about this. Why not? Yeah, I've, I've also seen some alarming reports of uh, colony collapse of honeybees this year. I think, if I'm remembering the number, was in some areas 48% collapse in one year of honeybee populations. <laughs> You're correct, and but what's confusing about that statistic is then people think, they think that that's half of the total optimal amount that was here before. That's half of the percentage that was already greatly diminished. So it's right. It's, it's half, half of what we had half, left. Half, exactly, and we're not denying that there's other factors affecting the bees. And again, not denying that farm chemicals, glyphosate, uh, frequency yeah, transmissions. Yeah. Yeah, we're not denying that. We're saying that there's a massive other factor here that's not being acknowledged. And on the frequency transmissions as well, we hope that people that are justly fighting against those transmissions and the dangers they pose 
We'll also incorporate the fact that we know some of those transmission towers have a service entrance, the service supply of power that supplies 10 times more power than they need for communications. They are being used for climate intervention operations. We can see it on satellite radar. So we hope that those fighting the frequency transmissions also take into account that the transmissions being used for climate engineering are exponentially more powerful still. They need to be stopped also. Good point. Yeah, really important point. Okay, let me, let me ask you this question. For, for someone out there who is completely unaware of these topics, they don't watch you or me, they don't look at alternative media at all, at what point does this become, at, or let me say, at what point can they no longer ignore this because they go to the grocery store and there's almost nothing to eat or there is, they're so strongly impacted locally that they can't ignore this? I mean, there's, because you and I know we're crossing a tipping point threshold right now on a planetary scale and it's going to affect everyone and it's going to kill a lot of people. But when do the oblivious have to face what's happening? I will be personally very surprised if we reach the end of this year without extremely dire disruptions in our collective reality. In regard to tipping points, an example I've used often in our, our weekly broadcast, Global Alert News, that we are, the human race is the occupants of the Thelma and Louise moment, the, the car flying through the guardrail, soaring through the air toward the bottom of the canyon, and the occupants clueless as to the severity of the situation. And, and that needs to change immediately. If we don't stop the current trajectory, we are not going to be here long. And, and that doesn't mean just three or four billion of us. That means all of us. We are on a trajectory that will soon make this planet completely uninhabitable. And climate engineering, again, the epitome of human insanity, certainly not the only form, never said that. But Mike, we even have now high circles of power openly discussing the use of nuclear detonations to further mimic the temporary cooling effect of volcanoes, which again, we know is toxic and very temporary at which point in time it causes even more warming because you're trapping that heat as well. You're wait, all these wait, particles. Who's talking about doing using nuclear detonations? What? High circles of power in Washington are openly discussing that, using the, that a nuclear exchange would provide temporary cooling for the planet to oh slow down. Oh my gosh. That, that's, that's how far gone we are. If that Those happens- people are insane. If that happens, we're done. We're done. The, 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 the ionizing radiation would strip away what's left of the ozone layer, game over. And that's, that's the level of insanity we are now dealing with. So again, the, the gravity and immediacy of what's unfolding cannot be overstated. Whatever people are focused on, whatever their causes are, their concerns, none of it will matter when the entire ship goes down. We can't hide from what's happening in our skies. And if at any mo moment in time, and again, this is your wheelhouse, your arena, what I'm about to mention, but we already know that two of the elements being dispersed Polymer fibers and graphene are used militarily in biological warfare for biological carrier platforms. What's that mean? It means they can carry a biological element from the clouds to the ground. In fact, the population is blown. As True. we've discussed, yeah. I think, in a previous broadcast, we have former DOD scientist Ken Caldera, who works for Bill Gates now. We have an audio of him stating that's what he did for the U.S. Department of Defense, design ways of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. What's to stop them, Mike? from spraying something much more lethal. We don't know what they're spraying now, low level elements to stick in population, build them, uh, keep them struggling to try to make it day to day. 
But if they disperse uh, hemorrhagic fever, Ebola, Marburg, we're done overnight. Done. You're, you're not kidding. And there's been a lot of research, of course, uh, that has come to the surface about the bioweapons being pursued by the Department of Defense, including in the bioweapons laboratories in eastern Ukraine. Um, and the yes. Russians have now openly accused the United States of uh, building biological weapons and genetic engineering of mosquitoes with the intent of dropping uh, ethnic targeted bioweapons via mosquitoes onto Russia to kill Russians. And I don't think that Russia is fabricating that. I think that they have information and knowledge about the bio labs in Ukraine. And I think they're telling the truth because, I mean, look at, you know, look at the vaccines and the bioweapons that have already been deployed against us in America and, and whatever they're spraying in the skies and so on. You know, it's, it's like we're living in a kill zone. We're all being targeted right now through different means, whether it's mosquitoes or, or chemtrails or blocking the sun, stopping photosynthesis, mRNA injections, all of it. It's like they've pulled out every weapon that they possibly have all at once. You're completely correct on all counts. And they're not, again, trying to re reduce the population by half. They're trying to cut it down to, in the, their own stated dialogue, 500 million. That's a 7.5 billion reduction. And, and you're correct on all the different layers and means with which they're trying to do this. Of course, they're trying to cull populations. How obvious could that be at this point? And for those that are trying to tell themselves that the criminal cabals masquerading as legitimate governments are here to protect them, time to wake up. And on the Gates mosquitoes, isn't it interesting that after the release of so many millions, tens of millions of those in the US, now we have malaria showing up in places where it hasn't been for decades. Yep. Is that just a coincidence? We have the Lyme disease now wreaking havoc all over. And again, this is part of the many layers you just mentioned. When we know from, it's very well documented, the Plum Island lab where Lyme disease came from, that that was a, a bioweapon being researched that totally. is now- yeah, Total bioweapons so, program, yeah. Yep, yep. So again, as you so correctly stated, so many layers of this assault. All right. Okay, I'm gonna stop that one. We're 32 minutes into a 59 minute video. So far, these things have been just absolutely riveting. And this one with Dane Wigington is uh, especially interesting. Scary, but interesting. And uh, But I want to get on with the rest of this article. There'll be no peace and no abundance because that does not serve the interests of the globalists who are working to exterminate humanity. In all this, remember that globalists are actively working to depopulate planet Earth by exterminating billions of human beings. That's why there'll be no peace, no abundance, and no freedom in our world until these globalists are defeated. Some people believe uh, the white hats will defeat the globalists. Others think Christ will return and defeat evil, and that all good people will be raptured out before the total collapse gets underway. Well, it ain't all good people. It's all saved people. The rapture is real. Even though the rapture in that term is not mentioned in the Bible, it is an actual thing. And uh, I encourage people, if you haven't uh, gotten right with God, for lack of a better term, you need to do that. Um, you can go to my website, uh, yourdiyhealth.com, and click on the You Can button, and that's You Can Be Sure of Heaven When You Die. Uh, there is an uh, ex explanation there, and there's also a really good um uh, audio recording by a uh, evangelist friend of mine 
who does a great job of explaining the salvation process, um, but people who are children of God, and those are people who have actually accepted Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior, will not suffer the wrath of God. Now, that's the thing that people don't realize. Everybody, oh, what's us so, what makes us so special? You know, people have been, you know, exterminated and messed with over the years and all this stuff. Why are we different? People don't realize that the last time the wrath of God was felt by planet Earth was during the storm of Noah, the flood. And since then, it's nothing but the wrath of man. There's a big, big difference. And God is not going to allow his children to go through his wrath. His church will be taken out of the scene. And if you look at the book of Revelation, you'll find that after chapter 4, you don't hear anything more about the church because they're not there anymore. It's not until the very end when Christ comes back and we come back with him, not as avengers, but as spectators. But anyway, that's a whole different story. Just wanted to comment on that because of the way this uh, article is worded. And um, let's see here. Basically, both viewpoints are probably wildly optimistic. (laughs) Now, one's real. My guess is that the suffering has only begun and that we are far away from any victory against the anti-human forces that currently dominate planet Earth. Now, I'm not saying Christians aren't going to go through some of this stuff. Because we don't know exactly, only, only God knows when um, the tribulation period is going to be in. We'll be gone before that. But that doesn't mean that, some, you know, this, all the stuff that's going on right here is still wrath of man stuff. It's these globalist schmucks that are trying to kill everybody off. You know, we may be around for some of that. But when God says, okay, that's it, no more, I'm fixing this problem, then you're going to see the church disappear. So anyway, uh, in a recent interview with Greg Hunter at USA Watchdog Cycles expert and analyst uh, Charles Nenner said that there is a war cycle. Around 2 billion human beings will be killed, about one quarter of the current world population. And that's if you believe, I don't know that there's any proof that there's really 8 billion people on the planet. You know, who who knows? Who's counted all these people up and all this stuff? You know, that's a good question there. But anyway, I have uh, similarly predicted that due to the engineered famine, war, and financial collapse, we'll see anywhere from 1 to 4 billion people killed in the next decade, mostly through starvation, violence, and war. The silver lining is that even those of us who see the globalists succeeding so far with their extermination plans also agree that they can't kill us all. There will be survivors, and it might be half or more of the current human population. The real question for you, dear reader, is whether you wish to join the survivors. (laughs) Doing so requires real preparation since the globalist elite are engineering shortages and crisis events that are designed to leave you destitute, hungry, desperate, and homeless. The question is, if they are accurate, if Dame Wigington's accurate, and all this junk that they're dumping on us is contaminating the soils and all the rest, how are we going to be able to grow any kind of plants? How are we going to grow, you know, keep animals alive? Um, That's a good question. 
So we'll have, it'll remain yet to be seen how that's all going to work out. How to be among billions or survive even as billions more are exterminated. Here are the key areas where you need to prepare with some links to various solutions, uh, some of which are paid sponsors of my podcast. Uh, for a more detailed survival course over, uh, from yours truly, download my free audiobook, uh, Resilient Prepping, at resilientprepping.com. And there's a link to this article on both the in the chat room and on the Telegram channel. And also the um, article uh, or study that Dane Wigington mentioned about the use of uh, uh, forest fires for military purposes. A link to, the, to download the PDF of that document is also in the chat room and on the Telegram channel. Okay, next, financial collapse or survival. Get out of fiat money in a currency system as much as you can. Look at gold and silver and privately oriented crypto like Monero. Don't forget Bitcoin as solutions that will likely hold value much better than fiat currencies. Gold provider, uh, we recommend Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals. Watch my new uh, show, Decentralized TV at decentralized.tv for 20 plus powerful interviews on financial survival and more yeah if you don't have gold and silver and um and some bitcoin you know shame on you you need to get that stuff set up while you can once they introduce the centralized uh, central bank digital currencies bitcoin is going to skyrocket get it now while it's cheap <laughs> Uh, right now, it's about $34,000, $35,000 a coin. You do not have to buy a whole coin. You can buy 20 bucks worth of Bitcoin if you want. And if you can afford 100 to $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, um, when the CBDCs come out, that investment is going to skyrocket, and you'll have a lot more than you <laughs> dreamed of. Is once people realize that they're in a financial system, that's controlled by the government and they can be shut off financially at the whim of some uh, regulator somewhere that doesn't like something they posted on Facebook or social media. Um, they have no financial wherewithal whatsoever at that point. So uh, having some Bitcoin that you can use uh, for barter and uh, purchasing of things in the background will be very, very important to you. Survival food, have a significant backup food supply, plus the ability to grow your own food in a sustainable way. And again, uh, if they're spraying all this garbage on us, you know, one of the best ways would be a personal greenhouse that you can build in your backyard and stock with good soil and have the, have the right things like Longevity's Bloomin' Minerals and another product that I highly recommend if I can remember the name of it here real quick, one of my afternoon listeners um, makes this stuff, and it's called Turboganics. And if uh, let me find the link here real quick, and I will put that in the uh, chat as well. Um, Turboganic.com. Uh, <laughs> yep, there we go. Turboganic.com. Fantastic stuff. I tell you what, I've been using it the last couple of years on my garden, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, use about a, quart, a capful in a gallon or a couple of gallons of water in a sprayer. And 
I had tomato plants that shortly after planting were chest high. <laughs> they were, it was amazing. I had plants that were taller than me last year. Uh, this year's crop, couple like that, great yields, great fruit, the whole shooting match. So um, definitely you want to consider that. Now, uh, if you're doing the um, uh, carnivore diet, you know, that's great when sources of food are available. But once this starts up, you know, no specialized diets are going to be feasible at that point for the most part. You're going to be able to have to eat whatever you can. Uh, I have, you know, your food supplies and things like that uh in my basement that are in number 10 cans and a lot of that stuff is like oatmeal and rice and all that kind of stuff um so when the crap hits the fan all bets are off for specialized diets you got to eat what's available got to keep that in mind so the more of the stuff you stockpile you know you can buy it i know at kroger's there i think it's called keystone is the one company that i've seen you can get cow in a can chicken in a can turkey in a can pork in a can and pricing is relatively reasonable, and that stuff will keep indefinitely, um, something to keep in mind. But, um, you know, the more you can do, the more you can stockpile, the better off you'll be, put it that way. And uh, Cooper the Wonder Pooch is deciding he wants to join in. He's <laughs> trying to climb up and sit in my chair with me. <laughs> so, you know, now he's off to something else. But um, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. So food survival, let's see, uh, and it's just, uh, let me start over there. Having a sufficient backup supply and the ability to grow food in a sustainable way. This means understanding soils, compost, seed saving, permaculture, and more. And, yeah, one of the things is uh, things like survival seed banks or, like, they have one called arcseedkits.com. That's A-R-K-seedkits.com. And they're... Um, basically uh, heirloom seeds were not modified not uh, uh, hybridized so they will you can save seeds from a crop and dry them out and use them again year after year after year um, you need to have a supply of those i've got uh, you know one of the best you know the best of them will come in like a, a number 10 can or even uh, uh, like a paint can you know the old ones with the you know pre- you know the, the lids that you have to tap down with a hammer and you pry back open, but uh, those things keep the bugs out, keep the critters out. I made a mistake. Somebody sent me a, a big supply of uh, seeds, and they came from Egypt, and they were in a uh, priority mail envelope kind of a thing. And I made a mistake of sitting them down in my basement on a shelf, and I went down a while back later, and mice had gotten in and eaten them all up. <laughs> so so much for those seeds. <laughs> You know, I'd have to collect the mouse poop and uh, then storm that way. But, uh, yeah, make sure that everything you have is uh, protected, uh, whether it's uh, plastic buckets with, you know, pressure snap-down lids and that kind of thing or cans, whatever. Um, anything you store, especially if it's in a basement or, you know, whatever, uh, mice and bugs and whatnot will find a way into those things. So make sure you have something that keeps them out and protects your investment so it's there when you need it. I learned the hard way. (laughs) Don't do what I did. Uh, Let's see. ArcSeedKits.com and certified organic uh, lab-tested ranger buckets at HealthRangerStore.com. 
Then we have kinetic survival. Own and train with firearms for self-defense. Stockpile necessary ammunition. Consider ballistic protection vests. Keep it legal. Sources uh, to consider. Hoplitearmor.com for ballistic vests. Shieldarms.com for Glocks, folding ARs, and high-end Glock-compatible magazines. Discount code RANGER saves you 10% on everything. Carry firearms with you where legal and practical. In my case, I say carry firearms everywhere. You know, legal means nothing to me because every firearms law in this country is unconstitutional, so I ignore them, period. Um, it's up to you. You'd make your own decisions, but I carry everywhere I go, period. Also, consider our new Health Ranger survival gear. They have knives, which I co-designed co with Dawson Knives, uh, and are made with revolutionary MagnaCut alloy steel, nearly corrosion-proof, and are available now at Health Ranger Store at this link. And they've got a link there for their knives. Some interesting-looking blades there. Medical Survival. Own a quality non-electric water filter. Bingo. Berkfeld makes great ones. Um... The MSR Mini Works is a great small one that you can is portable. You can put in a go bag and take with you, and it has a little, it's a little pump system. You can screw an Nalgene water bottle onto the bottom, drop the little hose into a stream or swamp or whatever, pump that thing, and it'll put fresh water into your bottle uh, in a matter of a minute or two. Amazing device. They're relatively inexpensive, uh, about $100, $130 or so on Amazon. Make sure that you also get replacement filters and that kind of stuff as well. Stockpile necessary first aid items, including topical antibacterial treatments such as isopropyl alcohol, povidone iodine, chlorine dioxide, etc. Serifac or Safrax, S A F R A X dot com sells chlorine dioxide tablets that are dry, portable, and very affordable. Hmm, that's interesting. Never heard of that before. Have to look into that one. Uh, I would not face a pandemic without those tablets. So again, um, get a copy of this article. It's on in the chat room and on the uh, Telegram channel. Uh, let's see here. Small uh, off-grid survival. Make sure you have backup energy sources. Own a tractor with a Winco PTO generator. Uh, a friend of mine has one of those. Well, I don't know if it's a Winco, but it's a PTO generator attached. I'm going to see if I can get that from him because he is moving into a, he's 91 years old and he's selling everything and moving into his, uh, um, uh, with our pastor. But anyway, um, I have several generators and I also have solar generators and battery backup systems. Those things are going to be amazing and important to have when the time comes. With this setup, uh, stored diesel can be converted into electricity. Diesel can be stored for many years. For smaller-scale solutions, consider BeReady123.com, which offers solar generator packages, which can store sunlight as energy and charge your devices or even run blenders or small freezers. One thing you want to keep in mind, if you have a house with a basement, like I do, and you're on a fairly high water table, um, without energy to power my sump pump if we get a heavy rainstorm in no time at all my basement's going to start filling up with water so i have a battery backup system 
that my sump pump is plugged into that if I have to, I can run cables from solar panels through the basement window down to power that thing and um, keep that running. And that sump well is also a means of refrigeration because the groundwater coming into the sump well is uh, much, much cooler being below grade. It's in the 50-degree range. It's not going to do really well, but it will be A, a, a source of water, and B, a source of somewhat refrigeration if you need it. Communication survival. Make sure you have backup uh, comms gear. Ham radio operators are well-equipped. Yep, I've got a great big tower in the yard, and I've got... Uh, uh, ham gear, I need to put it in a Faraday uh, protection in case of EMP. Uh, anyway, consider satellite comms such as satellite phones and bivy sticks, satellite text-based messaging, sat123.com is our sponsor. And uh, let's see here. Above all, stay informed and be ready for what's coming. Because it's clear the globalists are driving our world to war, starvation, financial clamps, terror terrorism, survival locations extreme locations and um, i'm gonna have to shut the thing down because i mentioned earlier i've got a de uh, delivery coming and it would appear that it has arrived and i hear my dogs barking so i'm going to end things now and we will be back to uh, thursday same bat time same bat channel and uh, everybody take care have a wonderful day take care of your bodies because the only place to have to live we'll see you soon god bless <laughs>